halfway through our fourth or fifth Zoom meeting with Aaron Heatherton and Carl Kosemba, co-founders of Resistance Chicago, before I had any idea that Aaron was like famous. Like she has an M in her Instagram followers famous. I knew, but I kept forgetting because she carries herself in this joyful way that's just the best friend you've always known who really wants to catch up with you. And maybe it's the ups and downs she's been through that give her that sense of joy that you'll hear come through on the episode. Or maybe it's just her joy. In a delightful turn of phrase, Erin describes herself as a kite and Carl as the string. You'll hear her talk about the fame of it all on this week's episode of the podcast. Yada, yada, yada. She was a runway model as well as a Victoria's Secret model who was discovered literally walking down the street. She ended up in runway shows for Prada, Lacoste, Valentino, Oscar de la Renta. I could read her Wikipedia page to you, but the fact of the matter is that she has a Wikipedia page that's pretty accurate. And we don't get into the ick of the recent news around Victoria's Secret, mostly because we've made it weeks without having to issue a trigger warning, and also because those weren't the things that Aaron battled there. I'm Gina Anderson, Cohen founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, by the way, and this is another episode of We Got Goals. And we could talk all day about the pressure of being discovered as a teenager and being expected to stay that way, a teenage girl, for the foreseeable future. But Erin recently wrote about it, and I'll quote her instead. You can find that piece, by the way, in the show notes. She wrote, at the peak of my career, there was a constant pressure to stay very thin. Even early on, maintaining industry standards was a full-time job, but it was a possibility for my body type at that time. I took my fitness seriously and was motivated by the validation I received. As I got older, I continued to work hard, but the fit version of my body looked different. I built my career and my self-image on positive feedback that came naturally when I was younger, and the foundation crumbled when that feedback turned negative. Shoots and agency meetings that were once fun and rewarding felt depleting and incredibly taxing on my self-esteem. I was training twice a day and religiously monitoring the quality of my diet, but my body simply would not return to its 18-year-old shape. We gloss over this in the interview, but before leaving New York City and moving back to Chicago, Erin started to hate fitness. It had become a thing she had to do to whip her body into shape that was being demanded of her. It was not a thing she enjoyed anymore. So she spent a year not working out, not smoking, and getting back in touch with herself. So when she walked into her first Legree class, it was, as she describes it, humbling. I would say that a humbling experience can knock you off your path, but for her, it was the beginning of a couple of special things. And you'll hear Carl talk about this, but I would just like to point out the thing he said that I had been wondering about before this interview. When he sent Aaron a message on Hinge and realized who she was, did he think he was being catfished? Yes, obviously, but they dated, they agreed, and he fell for it too, and started nudging her to make this passion a business. He was not catfished, by the way. You'll also hear from an A Sweat Life ambassador, Jasmine Rushman, in this episode about what class at Resistance is like, but I can share too. It's small and attentive. The focus is on form, and Erin is a born instructor. It's funny to hear her describe her nerves because she does all of the things that are very important for a good class, and it seems so natural for her. She makes you do hard things with a smile. She praises loudly, but corrects quietly. She greets new students at the door instead of waiting for them to wander in. She says it best 
in the episode, she feels empowered now by serving people and making them feel good about their bodies and the strength they feel. Rather than making herself miserable to maintain an impossible beauty standard that is then sold to others. They really are a wonderful duo and I'm excited for you to hear the story of the studio and of them finding each other. But before we get into the episode, if you're in Chicago or visiting or whatever, you can get an insane deal. Go to resistantchicago.com backslash pricing and select the intro pack for $59 and the promo code ASWETLIFE gets you 50% off. That's less than $10 a class. That is A-S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-E. Now here I am with Erin Heatherton and Carl Kosumba. This is Gina Anderson Cohen. I am here with Garrett Heatherton and Carl Kosumba, who are the co-founders of Resistance Chicago. Not only are they partners in business, but they are partners in life. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Gina. It's really exciting to be here. I'm, I'm really, really, I mean, for both of us, um, we'll be able to listeners at home to tell the difference between Aaron and Carl as they're speaking. Carl has a lower voice. Aaron has a higher voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but before we jump in, I'd love to hear from your perspective about Resistance Chicago. What is it and what can listeners find inside your studio walls? Uh, yeah, so, you know, we're an independently owned Legree uh, method licensed fitness studio that focuses on very small classes by current uh, class, you know, like group fitness standards. Uh, we, if, if you haven't tried Legree method, uh, Legree tries to distance itself from Pilates, but I think the easiest way to describe it is it's sort of uh, it's a, it's a method of fitness that kind of combines elements from Pilates, strength training, yoga. Um, it's more intense than Pilates uh, generally is in terms of, you know, how, uh, how, how much, how sore you're going to be the next day. Um, how, you know, kind of like how, how challenging it is to stay, to stay in the poses for a longer period of time and where Pilates might have more of like a restorative rehabilitation focus. This is definitely about building lean muscle, um, you know, burning a lot of calories uh, and just getting a, getting, getting a really tough workout. And Aaron, you, yeah, and you can be found on the mic, Erin. I've taken your class. Um, how would you d- describe your teaching style? Um, I think that, like, like surprisingly to me, I'm more kind of loud than I thought I would have been. Like, I definitely love encouraging people and lifting them up and just, like, embodying that high energy that everybody bringing everyone to like a higher level of intensity. So yeah, I'm definitely trying to inspire people to hold poses longer. Um, I'm definitely, yeah, my classes are pretty hard. I don't think they're the hardest of all the instructors, but um, yeah, it's come, come take my class and figure it out. You know, (laughs) I would say from my experience, I I loved your class too. I think you're definitely uh, in command of the room and you have, this this quality that that I think the best instructors have, which is like l- loud um, praise and quiet correction, um, which I saw you sort of do throughout the class, which I just I I loved it. Whenever I see that, I'm like, you know how people want to feel <laughs> in class. So it was really delightful, very hard. I was perfectly sore after that. Oh, I'm, oh, I love it's it is such a perfect soreness. I feel like that is what got me hooked on Legree in the beginning. It's like 
that perfect soreness head to toe, every single muscle muscle group just aches and you feel like you accomplished so much in just 45 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. And within your studio walls, um, you have two pieces of equipment. Uh, you have the curved treadmills as well as the mega formers. You have the, the top line, um, newest of newest mega formers, right? Yes. They're, um, definitely, um, the biggest, I mean, they're big and, and cushy. They're comfortable to be on. Um, they have a lot, um, compared to other Legree, uh, studios in their, and their equipment, I think there's just some more handlebars, some more options to be able to utilize and get into different poses. And um, yeah, also our treads are, they're, they're the assault treads. They're super great. They, you control the speed and just running on a curved treadmill um, versus one that is powered, you're burning 33% more calories. You're just working harder and you're using, using also my favorite part, you're using more of your glutes and hamstrings to to actually pull the treadmill and keep it moving. So um, as someone who likes to run and also likes to like tone her butt, I feel like it's a great combo of just being of toning and getting that cardio in. And yeah, we soon will be reinstating a kind of broader, uh, a broader range of our run resistance class, which is cardio half on the treadmill and half Legree. And yeah, that, that will be able to hold 16 people. So it's, we're excited to kind of get that going now that COVID's over and now that people don't have to wear masks because people, they don't love running in masks. I've learned. Yeah. We learned that the hard way. Um, we put a lot of thought into the equipment that we wanted, you know, when we first kind of entertained the idea of opening a fitness studio, we spent a lot of time just taking classes. You know, we went on mind body class pass, like everywhere that we could just see different, even workouts that we otherwise weren't maybe, you know, we, we weren't particularly interested in. We just wanted to get like a taste of everything that was out there. Um, and then after we did that, you know, we really thought about what the, you know, what kind of like what complaints we have with the different equipment. And so we wanted the, you know, we wanted the fanciest mega formers, the ones with all the foot pads, because there's just more moves that are more comfortable with, right, uh, yeah. with some of like the like bells and whistles that are on there. And then with the treadmills, um, you know, we've done a bunch of boot camp type classes like Orange Theory and Berries and really enjoy those. Um, the one thing that I think was missing for me is I felt like whenever I'm running, I'm constantly like I'm, you know, I'm doing a full sprint and I'm like fumbling around trying to find the button to like reduce and then speed up. And then when you're, you know, you have a 30 second sprint, you hit the plus button like 15 times or, you know, you punch you, you maybe you get the number correct on the number pad. And then you're just waiting for this treadmill to like keep up with you. And so with the, you know, with the curved treadmills, it's a little bit more natural. You just start running faster and the, you know, it just kind of goes. So, uh, that was, you know, we, that was definitely like a very intentional choice that we made when we were deciding what to, what the unique class that we're going to have is going to be performed on. So as, as you're thinking about this at home listeners think about doing one, either, um, just Legree style uh, movements or a little bit of both, the, the treadmills plus the gray. Um, but we're going to talk a lot about resistance and where it came from. Um, but I want to talk, let's, let's get it out of the way, Erin. Let's talk about what you were doing before you met Carl. Um, you spent a lot of your adult professional life as a model, in particular, a, a Victoria's Secret model. So let, let's talk about that career and how it kind of led you to where you are today. Yeah. So I, I feel like the best 
the thing that I enjoyed most about my time modeling is that um, I got to like, it was kind of a requirement to work out for my career. And, you know, I have a background as an athlete. I, I played at least, I played sports constantly growing up, whether it was, you know, soccer, softball, swimming, um, basketball, obviously. And like, I played AAU basketball. So just playing sports is just kind of my center, my like happy place. And I felt like when I started modeling, it was so much like being a competitive basketball player. Like you have to perform, you have to do well, you're not going to play. And I just kind of looked at it that way. So that kind of helped me when things sometimes, you know, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of tough things in modeling, but yeah, I kind of always looked at it as a competitive sport in a way. So I always got to, yeah, work with great trainers and yeah, that kind of led me, I mean, doing Victoria's Secret is what allowed me to kind of meet some really cool trainers. Um, that was an amazing experience for the most part. Um, I really, you know, I got to explore a side of my femininity. I probably wouldn't have tapped into because I was always more of a tomboy um, more of like a science nerd. I like wanted to be a doctor growing up. So it was, I was scouted and it kind of like, it wasn't my childhood dream to become a model. And I just didn't know anything about the fashion world. So yeah, it was definitely a huge learning experience. Um, I got to travel. Um, and yeah, Victoria's Secret is definitely a cool achievement. And I mean, now it's kind of lost some of the luster it lost some of the luster <laughs> yeah. i'd say retroactively but like mm -hmm. you know it was all about the community there for me and i would tell you that like that is the hardest thing about losing losing that contract and not working with victoria's secret anymore for me the most painful part about that was like i didn't get to see the same faces every day and when you're working with one company so much i kind of forgot how lonely and isolating modeling can be because you're just totally on your own traveling, like no sense of community. So yeah, that was kind of difficult for me to cope with losing, losing that like team there. But, um, I definitely feel that the most rewarding part about resistance now is that we have the sense of community. I get to see the same faces every day and building on that is like really healing for me. Yeah. And, and I think what, what's really interesting about kind of what, what to pull some nuggets out of what you just said, it's, um, modeling is another thing that's better with friends, that's better with community. Um, and as you were kind of talking through it, just hearing sort of the, the joy you found in it as a competitive sport is really, really interesting. I also chuckled when you said basketball, obviously. Um, the listener at home may not know that Aaron is very tall, um, so, or appropriately, like beautifully tall. Um, so I, I would love Aaron to dig into a little bit, like how old were you when you started modeling? Um, and how did you look at your body at that point? Yeah. So, um, I started modeling when I was just turning 17, I was scouted actually the day of my first plane ride. Um, I was visiting the university of Miami campus and, mm -hmm. Yeah, some guy like jumped out of a cab and chased me down the street and asked me what agency I worked for. And I was just like totally caught off guard and embarrassed. And 
my friend's mom got his number. She gave it to my mom and we ended up just going to New York for the first time. And that kind of, she left me there after three days and that's, but that was it. We just started modeling and yeah, it was kind of a blur. I did a bunch of high fashion runway stuff, which was definitely high stress in terms of like being super skinny because in the high, in the high fashion world, like they just like, I just remember I was doing this Balenciaga casting for the show and like the stylist was trying to help me, you know, I was meeting, I was in the final stages of getting the show and the stylist was like telling me to pull my boobs back to hide them. So I would like maybe, maybe get the show, you know, like the assistant was trying to help, but yeah, just like things like that, that was kind of intense. And I think that when I started doing Victoria's Secret, which was in 2008, it feels like a lifetime, but I started modeling in 2006. And then 2008 was my first Victoria's Secret show. And at the, I was 18 years old. And at that time, it was like less pressure than high fashion to be so skinny. Like I didn't have to hide my boobs. Like it, you could be healthier and be fit. So then I started really focusing on the personal training stuff and like, you know, working out and kind of getting into the nitty gritty of that. And yeah, it's, it was like, that was really rewarding for a period of time, like 18 to 24, but then at 25, my body just kind of didn't, it just changed. You know, I got older and I just wasn't as small as I used to be. And I think that's when no matter how much training I did or being careful about my diet, it just, my body just didn't want to be 18 anymore. So, yeah. So that's when things kind of got really complicated. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I mean, if I'm doing all the right things and I'm eating all the right things and the results aren't, aren't enough, then I just kind of like lost my passion with it because what am I supposed to be telling people? Am I supposed to go walk down a runway and say, beauty is not, not eating. You should hurt yourself in some way. Like for me, beauty is health period. And if, if you're not being healthy, then it's kind of, it's like a hard line for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of hearing like a theme, whether, whether or not like it was said to you or you just felt it, that there was obviously there was pressure to, to sort of maintain the, the same like figure and appearance that you had when you were 17, which is just our bodies change uh, as we get older. It, and it sounds like you sort of had that breaking point of like, it's time to, to end this at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, definitely like it was, it's not like I was like, oh, screw this. I'm walking away. You know, I was like, definitely trying to, to keep up again, like at that, at that age, I was like, that was all I knew for so many years, you know? And like, I wasn't going to just, we're so, I don't think we realize how, how reliant and affected we are by our community and the people around us. Like now that I'm where I am now, it's hard to believe that I couldn't see beyond that stress. You know, it feels like I'm looking back at some middle school drama where I felt like it was the whole world. You know what I mean? And it's just like, no, that was that world. And, and the idea of losing that community is just inherently like primally scary. And it, mm-hmm. it is for good reason. Cause it is important, you know, like you're like, now that I'm surrounded by a whole new set of people that definitely make me like, don't ask the, kind of those types of things for me, but like, I'm able to also 
serve in a better way and serve in a way that's just healthy for me. Um, yeah, it's a whole lot better. Yeah. And, and so after sort of that journey was over, you left New York city and moved back to Chicago and tell us about that transition. Yeah. So I went through like a bit of a sad period where I was just feeling kind of lost, like totally ungrounded. And yeah, I, um, I just didn't really know what to do next because it felt like modeling wasn't working. And like, I just wanted to kind of get back to a positive place and I just needed to take action. Cause I was, you know, most of my life, I've just had this joy and this happiness, this light inside me that like, I definitely don't take for granted anymore because when it was totally out and I felt like every room that I walked into, I like sucked the life out of it and just felt so insecure. Um, I definitely vet like, I can relate to, I don't know, a a broader audience. Like it was an interesting experience feeling like your light is out. You know, it's just like you, you don't appreciate when it's on, you know? So I moved back home and I like quit smoking. I was just like focused on getting back to me and like being healthy and kind of piece by piece, day by day, getting myself back to I don't know the routines and like the structure that that made me happy. Cause I kind of also fell out of love with working out. Like I didn't work out for a whole year and like, I just was in the worst shape of my life by the time that I got home. And I was kind of nervous to start back up. And that's when I discovered Legree actually. Um, there was a studio nearby where I was staying and I was just looking for some group classes to, you know, kind of meet people and just kind of get a human experience in my day. And I just totally fell in love with it. It was the hardest class I've ever done. And like the feeling afterwards of being totally sore from head to toe, I just felt like, I don't know. I was just, it was super rewarding for me. Hey Carl. (laughs) Carl's here too, guys. Um, So in, in walks Carl to Aaron's life at this point. Uh, tell us tell us the story of how you two met and how you introduced Carl to Legree. Uh So we met on Hinge. I Hinge. yeah we I don't know, we we matched and then I started you know I did my typical like due diligence of trying to because like I was not uh, you know I was not a particularly. I don't know, involved Victoria's Secret fan. I didn't really watch the the fashion shows. So I didn't, I didn't know who she is. And then I got a match and I looked up. Uh, yeah. And, and when I, you know, when I started like typing the the name into like Instagram and Google, I'm like, oh no, this is just a fake account and somebody is catfishing me. Um, but I messaged her anyway, and it turns out it was her. Um, and after uh after a, an extended back and forth, we, you know, we went out to dinner and had a great time. Uh, and then for a second date follow-up, she suggested that I uh, go do a Legree class with her. And that's, I, you know, I, I'd done Pilates like maybe once in the past, kind of, you know, I, I, I was always like weightlifting, basketball. I did, you know, I, I did boxing for a long time and I just wasn't, you know, I kind of thought, okay, well, this is uh this will be like an easy workout. I'll go do this maybe like later in the day, you know, cause I wanted to just keep the, I wanted to like keep the, um, keep the relationship moving forward. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do this thing. Maybe like later in the day, I'll go get a real workout. And I got 
just absolutely rocked during, <laughs> during the class. Um, and it was different than anything I'd done before. So we just started going together. Like a lot of our first, our, our like early interactions, I don't know, probably like half the time was, uh, was, was just going to classes together. Um, and then, you know, our, our relationship kind of evolved from there. Uh, yeah. And, you know, now it's four years later and we own a degree studio together and we're engaged. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say couples that agree together, they stay together. I always tell, like, I think it's a great couple thing to do because A, it's like trauma bonding. You're just experiencing something so hard together, but it's just like, I don't know. It's good to have someone to support you. Like, it's so nice to have someone help you be a better person. And like, definitely after I moved back home, like I was definitely focused on, okay, I want to find someone that makes me a better person that like lifts me up in the right direction, not the other, you know, not pulls me down to a bad space. So yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of couples that come to our studio together. I just think it's a fun. Yeah. I love seeing that. Yeah. It's nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I also, I also think it was, uh, it was kind of refreshing because I think when you're, you know, at least for me and most of most people that I know when you're dating, it's like this long process of just doing generally like most, like largely unhealthy things, right? You go have, you go, you go out for dinner, you go, you, you know, you have like a handful of drinks. Um, and I was, I, I kind of enjoy them. Like, okay, this is, you know, we're, we're kind of like moving forward in this relationship. We're doing something that's actually productive and that I don't have to feel, you know, bad or guilty about. So, um, yeah, so that, I think that was actually just a really nice element of it. Daytime activities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love this. Okay, so you two sort of met and, and fell in love. And I know, um, Carl, you, you've talked, I said fell in love and they looked at each other in a really cute way, listeners. Um, Carl, I know you mentioned that actually going through this process with Erin with and seeing her get certified uh, and Legree actually made you, and, and seeing her passion for this workout made you actually fall in love with her more, um, which I think is lovely. So it's like this whole coupledom is wrapped in Legree. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we met, um, I think, you know, the, what, what she discussed about trying to like, it was, it was very obvious. She was putting a lot of effort into, you know, whether it's finding a routine, finding herself, figuring out her career. Um you know, I definitely admired the like effort she was putting into it. Um, but there was obviously, you know, I, I saw, I, I saw like a real passion for, you know, this thing that we were doing together, going to these classes. And I, I've always been, you know, so I, I've spent the last like 14 years working as like a programmer and a trader. So I've always had a corporate job, but kind of had this like dream in the back of my head always of, of, uh, starting a business. And when, you know, when I, when I saw like, just like how, how much Aaron loved this thing. And obviously I enjoyed it a lot myself. Um, I was, you know, both a, like that's, I thought it was, you know, I think it's always attractive when somebody has a passion and like commits to it. And, um, you know, you see them working hard and making progress, Um, but then the other part of that was in the back of my head that, you know, that little voice was like, maybe this could be, this could be our business. Um, and I kind of started introducing the idea to her. Uh, this was (laughs) 2019 at this point. And, you know, we're going to these classes 
fit every, every fitness studio is like absolutely packed wait lists everywhere. You know, nobody's heard of COVID-19. Um, and I was, you know, I'm like, okay, I think this could work. You know, I've got the like math and finance background in the back of my head. I'm like, you know, I'm on the mega former, like doing some super difficult move, but I'm also like, okay, there's like 14 people here. Uh, <laughs> like this is the average. Uh, so, so I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think we can make a business out of it. And so Aaron was definitely like, I, I think she, I don't know what her word was. It's like terrified or maybe like nervous about it or anxious. I think she said she had, it gave her instant anxiety. Yes. Um, but like the more we talked about it, the more it was, you know, the more it was clear, like this could be, um, you know, she was, she was with a modeling agency at the time, but just, you know, I, I saw, it was like a complete like 180 between, I, I saw the way I saw, you know, obviously she was like, she was a little bit jaded by some of her experiences and didn't, uh, you know, and maybe, and just wasn't like, I don't know, wasn't excited about the modeling opportunities that, you know, it was just the contrast between how she would, you know, how she would talk about and feel about doing a modeling job or some, you know, like some social media opportunity versus Legree was like, it was so clear that I'm like, okay, why don't we just, why don't we try this? Cause you know, I'd never opened a small business before. Um, and, you know, and neither, and neither has she, and I don't know, just decided to go for it. And, and what's lovely about this sort of timing um, is that, meanwhile, um, both of you got certified in Legree. Erin, uh, you, you told me that similarly to the thought of opening a studio, getting certified and actually teaching Legree gave you anxiety. Uh, I feel like people would expect that you would, nothing would make you nervous. I know. I like... I honestly, I had terrible stage fright when I started modeling. Like my, I would like black out walking down a runway and it was actually really eye opening to me that I actually was able to adapt and be able to just, that's like my greatest acting role ever is being a model. You know, like I really, I was like, wow, you can really do anything if you just do it enough times and practice and like have, you know, have a lot of pressure to succeed. So yeah, I I knew I recognized the anxiety as that good kind of anxiety, like, oh, this is new and unknown. Like I can't, I can't, like, I can't let this win. I can't just back off from this. Like, so part of me recognized that anxiety and like, oh, this is a a new thing that's that's gonna help me grow as a person, help me find my voice, and like be the more authentic version of myself, I think. And yeah, honestly, like it definitely reaffirmed the truth that like, I just, I love serving people. I love helping people, lifting people up and working with people hands-on and getting in there, like getting to touch their lives for an hour of the day and like help them to feel better about their bodies. It's kind of like the antithesis of modeling, you know, which is kind of like, let me hurt myself and let me not hurt myself, but let me like conform to this impossible standard so I can then pass it on to you, which is just totally not uplifting, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I think that's a really powerful contradiction too of your life before versus your life now. Like you're telling people like you're strong and you're beautiful um, because you're moving your body versus before it was like, like you, you were the one held up. As strong and beautiful and and you still are those things but you're also holding everybody up 
Totally. And I definitely can relate. Like I love getting people in on their first class where they haven't, you know, they're like, they feel intimidated. I'm like, no, I've like literally been there. Like I went through a period where I totally rejected fitness and like, oh, I resented people that worked out. I'm like, these, like who works out? Like I totally rejected (laughs) everything in the fitness space for a good period of time. And like, so on that same token, I understand that everyone everyone can come back from that. You know what I mean? You just have to find the thing that you like to do. And, and it's all about just seeing that progress. It's so like, it builds a whole different type of confidence when you can do something that was impossible a few classes before, like you just feel like a whole, like it's real self-esteem building in the truest sense, you know? Yeah. I I came in overconfident. You know, I thought it was going to be easy (laughs) and then I got humbled really fast and then built back up. So there's different arcs, but, uh, yeah, but I think, you know, seeing, seeing people like even, even on, on my end where, you know, I don't teach, but I come into the studio to take classes obviously. And it's, it's, it's so cool to see, um, you know, to see, to see how the people that have been coming to the studio for a long time have like started connecting and like also just, you know, are people that I was in class with, you know, a month ago, then is their first class. You know, I can see on, on, on the app who's who's there for the first time. We're always like, yes, first timers. Um, yeah, but then seeing someone like that and then like a month later, they're just, you know, absolutely crushing the workout. It, it feels great. The transformations in our studio have been, oh my God, it's my favorite part, watching someone transform. Like I had my own transformation with Legree because it is so, it is truly, like I tried a lot of different things. Like nothing changed my body as quickly as Legree did. Something about the slow movements and like the intensity of it, it just like gets results and you're building like a different kind of muscle than you would build running or weightlifting. It's like these slow twitch muscles that are like, you got to activate them by moving slowly, I guess. So, um, it's like the long lean muscle and it's just like building that strength is, it's just so good for like functional day to day running errands, lifting things like walking upstairs. You just feel like you stand taller. My back pain totally went away. Um, you get a super strong core for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the rub of it, but speaking of strength, <laughs> you, you two, uh, had to have, um, emotional spring. Do you like that left turn I just took, by the way? Um, yeah. <laughs> as it, you opened your studio in 2020, um, the, the planned opening was like the start of COVID, but you ended up opening in July. So talk us through, uh, sort of what that was like for you. Um, what, what plans changed along the way? Yeah. So I, I came, you know, I, I came home from work one day when going to work meant going to an office. And, you know, like I said, I was in the, you know, I was in financial markets and like markets started going down. I don't, COVID was not like a mainstream news story yet, but it was very obvious that, you know, a lot that like some people out there were getting really worried. And we had just spent the last, I don't even know, however many months, like, building branding, you know, everything all the way down to, you know, scheduling the instructor training down to literally discussing how we're going to have this big grand opening event, get as many people into this, like, you know, 2000 square foot studio as possible. 
And I just, you know, I, I, I got home, like we have a problem, like this is going to be a thing. And yeah, Carl ordered like gloves and stuff long. I'm like, you're crazy. What are you ordering <laughs> gloves for? <laughs> like rubber gloves and uh, PPE yeah. and like, yeah. yeah, I was at Whole but Foods, like right. getting, getting all the like rice and non-perishable yeah. food. Still have that rice. rice. <laughs> um, <laughs> just in case. And, you know, and like maybe, but, you know, but still like, okay, like I, I knew, I, I feel like this is not going to be good for us but we'll see how it goes. And then we still, you know, there weren't really cases in the U S and then we did our instructor training, uh, in February, no lockdowns yet. Everything seems like no, it's it was the first week of March. Okay. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Which was honestly, thank God. Like we got, so, we lucked out in many, many ways. I mean, we didn't luck out in many ways, but we did luck out with, we had to fly the teacher out from LA. Like I think that was probably the last physical time we could have done that. Like her getting back, it was just starting to be like, oh, they're shut. Like, yeah, it was like, like during, you know, we're, we're in training of the, uh, it's, it's good. It's a decently long process of the master instructor train all March our instructors. 6th. Um, but either way it was like, as, as the instructors, uh, you know, as, as we're sitting in class training, all the, all the instructors that we hired and, you know, going through training ourselves, we're like, you know, I'm like checking my phone. It's like cases in the U S like it's starting to, it's starting to happen. Um, yeah. And so the next week, you know, every city started shutting down every in-person business and our grand opening was postponed. Uh, and then, you know, in July, we were able to open for a little bit, which was also pretty brutal because, you know, you start with zero customers and everyone in the world is telling people that the responsible, the good, the like socially you know, conscious thing to do is stay at home, not meet anyone. Um, but you know, when, you know, and, and you're, and you're trying to tell them, Hey, come here, <laughs> come work out. <laughs> yeah, so. It was hard to like, is also from my end promoting kind of like, I am so sensitive to like, just rubbing anyone the wrong way. So like trying to promote coming to a studio, I felt like, remember like when people, took pictures without masks. Like we would all like kind of, I don't know. It was just so tricky. Jump on them. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was just hard finding, like if we took pictures to promote our business before COVID that didn't have masks, we had to like put in a subtext of like masks are in the studio, like taken before COVID. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We just didn't want to upset anyone, but we also like wanted our business to succeed. So yeah. it was tough. And you're, you know, and you're new, like it's one thing if you're, you know, if your studio has been around for a couple of years, they have a couple of locations, you have thousands of emails to let people know, here's what we're doing to prevent, you know, here's what we're doing to like maximize the safety to, you know, to, to get people like into class in a safe way. Um, you know, we didn't have that. We had like 50 people that set, put their email onto our landing page because of like the sticker that we had during construction outside of our studio. Um, you know, we're promoting stuff on social media, but yeah, it was really, it was really hard at first, but you know, all the other studios, um, had opened up and we were giving it a try. And then a few months later we got shut down again. And then, so during like that peak season, that fitness studios are the busiest when all the new year's resolutions are still being adhered to for like the first month or two, um, we were shut down for all that. And then eventually we, um, you know, eventually we opened back up and then it's just been, you know, it's been this like long kind of marathon grind of slowly, but surely people, you know, even like a year out, I want, I saw stats that like, 
you know, 70-something percent of people that were fitness studio participants still hadn't come back. And like now the numbers I'm seeing are trending better, but there's still, you know, a lot of people start doing Peloton or whatever at home process. Every single company is launching uh, some sort of like mirror or like wall doohickey that you can, you know, that has that like connects you to some, you know, like Cloud. model streaming out of LA doing, you know, like yeah. doing something. And I think it's great that that works for people if it gets more people involved. Um, I but will... it's just a different, it's a different reality. It's a different market than it was even before COVID. Like it's, you know, it's coming back and I'm really optimistic, but. I um, will, I will interject though and say, A, I, I personally, in my, in my own experience, like I've worked with personal trainers when I was modeling in New York mainly. And like, there's a huge shift of the value I got out of the class when I'm working with people, because some, I feel, I swear there's like pheromones that get released when we're all doing something together that we can like push ourselves harder. We can like, there's just extra endorphins or something. And like when I'm alone, I'll like talk to my trainer and like kind of just we'll chat and it's just like more expensive and I'm getting less of a workout. <laughs> so like, I do think the value proposition of a group class for any person, if even if you can afford private training, I think there's something in and also just like intangibly positive about a group class. I also feel like as an introvert kind of person, like an extrovert introvert, I feel like I get my human interaction, even though we're not talking, but like doing something together as a group is super uplifting. Whatever's going on in your day that feels like overwhelming or stressful, like after a group class, you just feel so much better. You feel like nothing is impossible. Like you can do anything. Um, you can get through anything. Maybe it's the endorphins as well. But um, another thing I wanted to add though, even though COVID was super hard, I will say from my end, um, selfishly, I did enjoy having that extra time to practice leading classes with Carl and his sister, Karina, um, who was quarantining with us. We had a little quarantine pod that was pretty fun. Um, we, yeah, we would take like two to three classes a week. It was nice to have a gym at that point. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the one up. That was the one plus side. Like we, we had, we had this, like, gym. we had this entire studio that we weren't allowed to use during lockdown, except for us coming in to work out ourselves. So, and we would like, like invite the, friends to the, like come work out. That was the silver lining. Um, yeah. So I got to work. I never instructed classes before. I, like I said, it's, the idea of being on a stage and talking in front of people just gives me anxiety. Not anymore. Now I love it. And I don't feel, but like my first class, my voice was shaking. It was like before class, I would have so much anxiety, but just like modeling, I got through it. And now I can just focus on the thing that I care about, which is not my own selfish self-consciousness. It's like, I like to be able to just focus my energy on other people and like, making sure everyone's in the right form, making sure everyone's getting the most out of that 45 minutes with me. And yeah, just having that, it's so different from modeling that I'm just not thinking about myself at all and all of my attention's on other people. And that's what I love about it. I mean, I think the kind of return to group classes is happening right now. I mean, I think it, yeah. it took a long time yeah. um, for enough, enough people to sort of realize, okay, you know, I've got, I've got my vaccine. I've had COVID once, twice or three times at this point, everything, um, you know, like the hospitals are doing okay with things. So now you're seeing, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of the 
trends where everyone was kind of investing before in just isolating people in their home and getting them some, you know, some form of workout is changing. And I think there's a lot more, you know, I think that the big trend now is kind of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's fitness that like includes that in-person element. And like, you know, we're kind of back to like, okay, how do we make the in-person, uh, like fitness better? Because a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people are are coming back and uh, that's been great to see. And I'm glad that yeah. we like stuck it out, even though we're turning just, a corner finally, like just so the timing nice. could have, the, the timing couldn't have been worse, but I think you kind of have to look at the, you know, the, the positive of it is, you know, we made it through the worst thing to happen in the fitness industry, like <laughs> either ever or in decades. And that's really, you know, it's, it's forced us to be better. It gave us time to, uh, you know, it gave Aaron time to improve his instructors as an instructor. It gave me time to, uh, you know, to like think more about like, you know, what our, what our brand is, like what we're, what we're trying to build, yeah. what we want the studio to be eventually. Um, and, you know, it just kind of feels like, okay, we made it through that. Then, uh, then now it's all just, you know, rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> well, we can hope. And now let's hear from an Sweat Life ambassador who is loving Resistance Chicago right now. Hi, I'm Jasmine Rushman, a Sweat Life ambassador. And this past week I tried Resistance uh, Legree. I loved going to class. It was my first time actually going to a Legree class since COVID. Uh, which was very challenging, but I found Resistance a very inviting space. Everyone was so nice and helpful, even as I struggled with different movements. But I really was glad to go back with Gina. I'm glad she invited me to go because um, it had been something I kind of forgot about and wasn't part of my routine um, since COVID. And I, what I love about Legree is just the connectedness um, to your body and how um, it really is like breathing through movement, um, a little bit different than yoga, more challenging. Um, but I love that challenge of really thinking inwardly and also having a challenging workout. And we're back. We've talked a lot about getting back in studio and sort of growing uh, both as an instructor and as a studio over the past two years. Let's talk a little bit about the community um, that you're both so passionate about and have seen grow and evolve inside your doors. When did you know that community was sort of off and popping at Resistance? For me, it was, uh, you know, Aaron goes, Aaron's there pretty much every day teaching. Um, and I take classes sometimes like I'll take a couple of weeks. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be like injured and I'll come back. And, uh, there was one time for me. So for her, I think it's very gradual, but for me, I had, um, I, I hurt, I hurt my back golfing. I took some time off and I came back to the studio and, you know, before it was like, as people were kind of coming back from COVID, uh, before it was, you know, masks on, Every, uh, you know, we, we had, a, we had a, we had a hard time filling classes. We'd have a lot of, you know, four or five people, uh, would be like pretty good. Um, and then I took this break, something shifted, uh, the mask mandates went away, all the other studios, you know, stopped requiring masks. And I did this class and afterwards, like everybody in the class was just hanging out in the lobby chatting. Like you could tell there's all this like pent up, like, like, you know, pent up desire to like actually interact with one another. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, 
maybe for a while we're just like you know taking the same classes together in masks like being quiet coming in coming out like trying to be you know covid conscious um and that for me was just like it was it was great it was like a you know it was like a cocktail party where everyone was just <laughs> chit-chatting there was like separate groups of people like intermingling um and that felt really great yeah there's a lot there's a lot of like word of mouth people bring their friends people like become friends from coming to our studio i think that um working out with us like there probably is this trickle down effect of like we are such a mom and pop shop like it's such a you know choosing to spend your time here is kind of going to that offbeat coffee shop and it just whoever's there like I don't know people feel more comfortable making friends with other people and I love that and I, I'm glad that we um that we have facilitated that because especially now that we move we, we live like next door to the studio so even more so it feels like this is our community this is our home and like everyone's our neighbor it just feels feels very quaint and nice yeah it's, it's hard to like I don't know. I think our, you know, it's hard to like demographically or like personality type kind of talk about like who our community is because it's, it's really like, it's, it's really diverse in terms of, you know, everything from like age background, um, level of fitness is a big one. You know, we've had some professional athletes work out at the studio and then there's plenty of people who, you know, either have never started a fitness, like a real fitness routine and are, you know, emailing us ahead of time, making sure that, you know, like making sure that it's appropriate for them. And we've worked with those people. So it really is all over. I think the thing that kind of connects is uh, kind of like an appreciation of a certain type of class, right? Like it was important to us that when we started, you know, we're not like, we're not about super loud music, like, fancy, you know, fancy, like intense lighting, right? Like I understand why people want that. And I think that that works really well. That helps motivate some people. Our focus, we want it to be more like minimalist with our design and more like fully focused on form, on doing, you know, on, on doing things the right way. That's why, you know, we only have, we only have eight machines in the class. I think it's really tough for an instructor to, uh, to, to be able to give, like the, like the, you know, as much attention as the, as they should. Um, if, if you have a class of, you know, I mean, I've been to some group classes with 40 people and you go kind of expecting, okay, I'm not there to have my form corrected. I'm there to get instructions and to get through this. And I think with Legree, it is, you know, it's, you don't get better by doing more weight. You don't get better by, you know, running faster, doing more reps or anything like that. You get better by improving your form, by being able to hold the poses better, longer. And because that's kind of like, at the core of, you know, of, of what we wanted to build with the experience of the class. I think that's kind of the thing that connects everyone. It's people that appreciate that, yeah. that can maybe forego the like nightclub type class and are happy to, you know, really like focus on, Connect on, on, on connecting with their bodies and doing things uh, correctly. Day club fitness. Um, <laughs> as we sort of, wrap up i want to talk to you two all day I, we've, we've been talking listeners for like years at this point by the way we started talking as the studio was opening um so we've we've been checking in and i'm, I'm so happy to finally be having this pair on the podcast and finally be in the studio sweating i'm taking your class tomorrow erin by the way um hey, i'm so happy yeah. Um, so as, as we sort of wrap up and we're uh, encouraging listeners to get in and, and take your class, what's a tip you have for their very first resistance class? 
Um, my tip for your first class is just like, let go of any, like for me, it was like my first class, let me help me let go of my perfectionism in some way, because I was by far the worst person in the class. And I'd never been the worst, like so bad at something I feel. (laughs) So I always tell people just let go of like your perfectionism, let go of your ego and just like come and, and focus on connecting with yourself. This is about you connecting with your body and, and anything that you're going to do in the studio is going to be much better. Like you you can do child's pose half the time, but if you just participate a little bit, you're going to get the best workout that you can possibly get in Chicago. And you're going to feel it in every single muscle in your body. Yeah. There's no leaderboard, right? Like that's also kind of antithetical to what we, what we wanted to build. Um, my like much easier than allowing yourself to like mentally let go of perfectionism because I think that, you know, I, you can do it, but, um, my, 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 my more obvious tip is, uh, is just pick a machine in the middle. Like you're going to get there. You're going to be, <laughs> that's, that's you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be tempted. To, you're going to be tempted to like go on the end or the corner. Cause like you're, you know, whatever, you, you know, you haven't done this before, but yeah, first class, pick a machine in the middle that way, whether you're looking to your right or to your left, odds are there's someone with some experience, uh, next to you. And then you, you know, that that's starting out, like you mimic form, like there's like every class, there's a combination of people that are just, you know, basically pros at this by now and people that are uh, brand new. And it's all about, you know, uh, I think a, a big thing about where like the community kind of comes in and Legree is you get better by watching people do it better. And, and so you can actually yeah. benefit from somebody else's experience. You don't have to feel like you have to compare yourself to them. Um, you just look at what they're doing, adopt it, and you grow from yeah. there. Everyone's, everyone's had their own first class and no one's first class is easy, like mm-hmm. at all. I think it, it's really the hardest workout that there is, but you get so much better. It stays hard, but like it's a different kind of hard. It's like the most unique kind of hard, I feel. So don't be shy. Come in. We love first timers. Like just get over here. <laughs> here. And listeners will get an offer in in this episode uh, as well as in the show notes. So don't miss that. Don't sleep on that. Aaron Carl, thank you so much for joining me. Aaron, I would say you are the dreamer and Carl, you are the grounded one. Um, yes. He is the, your tips. spring to my kite. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Um, please put that on your wedding invitation. <laughs> thank you so much, friends. Thank you. Thank, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gina. This has been another episode of We Got Goals. Another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to Erin Heatherton and Carl Gusemba for joining me. And remember that you can get an incredible deal at Resistance Chicago in our show notes. Go to resistancechicago.com backslash pricing and select an intro three pack for $59. Use the promo code a sweat life to get 50% off, which is less than $10 a class. That's A-S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-E. And another big thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing. Ryan Baruga for video production and to you, our listeners, for subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.